0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Family Matters with your host, Dr. Virginia Collins. In this program, we will explore some of the challenges families face and the solutions they create in today's world, where marriage, parenting, and family forms are not what they once were. Now, here is Dr. Virginia Collin.
2: Welcome to Family Matters. My guest today is Sharon Rhea. She is an expert in solutions for raising teenagers, co-parenting after divorce, Doing well as a single dad, and really for everyone committed to raising healthy healthy, happy, well-adjusted children. She's a certified parenting coach and life coach. She empowers men, women, and teens with insights that lead to enjoying happier and more fulfilling relationships. You can find Sharon online at the Whole Family Coaching, where she has three helpful books available. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you so much, Virginia. Let's start with the kind of work you do. I'm not sure that everybody knows what a life coach or does or what a parenting coach does.
3: Excellent. Then you're right. Not a lot of people do. It's a wonderful, wonderful profession that's just starting to get popular these days. Um, We have a lot of service-oriented professions that help us through our struggles in life, like psychiatrists and social workers and therapists. And the life coaching and parenting coaching coaching business supports all of that. So at a time, you may need a psychiatrist. At a time, you may want to talk to a therapist. But what a life coach is and the way I deliver my services is I have lived a life, (laughs) And I have been a parent, and I still am. I'm trained to listen and offer suggestions. And the most important thing for me is that I help people discover where they are, what they enjoy about that place, what they want to change about that place, and then offer them suggestions and listen, helping guide them to where they want to move forward to, both in life as well as in parenting.
2: I see. And how do parents particularly benefit from working with you?
3: My way of coaching is with no judgment, just love. And what that means is that I create a safe space both from being in front of a person, whether that's on the phone or not, just to allow them to share their happiness as well as their joys without feeling like they're doing something wrong or they're going to be judged. And I do that. Mostly in the space of I've been there (laughs) and I know how challenging it is to be a parent and we don't always have the tools that we need for what our kids are experiencing. So specifically... When we're raising teenagers, it's such a tumultuous time. It's a scary time, but it can be a joyful time. So when parents work with me, I share a lot of personal stories when it's appropriate to let them know, hey, we're all doing this job together.
2: (laughs) Got it. So I think one of your signature programs is a survival kit for parents of preteens and teens. Tell me about that.
3: Oh, my goodness, yes. Do we need a survival kit when we're raising our teens? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I think so as parents. And what I have discovered is that there's a lot of information out there, a lot of nonprofits that work with families when you're in a crisis. If your kids are on drugs or if they happen to be depressed and and you're concerned about the possibility of such a traumatic event as suicide. And so those um, areas of concern are well served by other nonprofits and other organizations. What I like to do and what I do provide with the survival kit is information ahead of time. And so you're be able to plan ahead with four different areas. I talk about and, and do a workshop for parenting your team to succeed. And what that means is we talk about your parenting style and how that either increases your child's self esteem or not so much. And what your parenting style does to help create that environment your preteens and teens to discover who they are. Again, you creating what I do for the parents, which is a no judgment, just love type of environment. The second area that I share with parents is about teen brain development. Now, I have to share a story with you, Virginia. When I was uh, parenting my first daughter, she was about 12 or 13. Her grandma kept saying, you know, Sharon, I have this great information about the teen brain. It surely will help you. <laughs> and I thought, hey, I'm the best parent going. I don't need that information. And so I didn't quite listen to her at that time. And once I started doing this job and discovered how valuable the information about our teenagers and how their brain develops and what we as parents can do to help support that, I thought, oh Lord, I should have listened. (laughs) And so I really offer that opportunity for parents to discover that some of the things that we ask our teenagers to do, And how we ask them to do it literally is something they're not quite fully developed to accomplish. So the more you keep asking your teenager to do something that they seriously are unable at the moment to do, it decreases their self-esteem and kind of shuts down the communication um, road.
2: Can you give me one example of that, something that parents often ask their teenagers to do that teenagers really can't do yet?
3: Yeah. Um, Between the ages of 11 and 14, your teen's brain does a really big growth spurt, the second biggest one since when they were born. And one of the things that they're not able to fully do yet is to gather a lot of information and to be able to put it in a logical order to provide you an answer. So when you ask them, what were you thinking, well, there's about 12,000 things in their brain that they were thinking. And most of them probably don't have to do with what you were asking to do, like put out, take out the trash or how come you didn't turn in your homework. Because teenagers, their job, their hormones are going, is trying to figure out who they are, and that's appropriate. And so better to ask our teens is what happened when that decision was made? What was going on for you at that time instead of what were you thinking? Because they could be there forever, and what you probably get as an answer is, I don't know, (laughs) or nothing.
2: Not very enlightening.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And that's not enough information for us as parents.
2: Okay, so so your survival kit talks about parenting styles, and mm-hmm. it talks about teen brain development. What else? Uh, oh, great. And one of the most
3: important ones for me is communication, because there's a language that our teenagers speak <laughs> that we as parents just may not understand, and more than that, trying to get them to be able to feel comfortable enough to give us the information that we need to help them grow. And so in the communication and cooperation module, I help parents understand what kind of roadblocks we put up with our natural way that we communicate. Some of us are, you know, we're pretty funny and we think our sarcasm is is really on point. But after a while, that sarcasm to your teen kind of fractures their self-esteem a little bit and they shut down. Or if we are constantly demanding and giving orders and telling them you have to do this this way, it interrupts not only your teen's brain to be able to discover what's the best way for them to come up with a decision, but they either are going to follow you as a parent just blindly because they're afraid of the consequences, or they're going to shut down and not talk to you. And so I spend a lot of time helping us understand and discover, you know, for your particular teen, what is it that's going to get them to open up to you?
2: Got it. I think you said there were four parts to the Yes.
3: And one of the things I want to just elaborate just a bit on with the communication is we often think that, uh, I'm sorry, with the brain, I'm going to go back just a little bit. We think that, you know, the brain is the most important part of our bodies, of our way to move around in our world. You know, it's the, the emotional side. We don't have enough uh, acknowledgement that that's valuable. So I share with parents that, you know, you want to get your teen to really resonate with their heart because the heart will tell you when the adrenaline is pumping and when something isn't quite right and it'll help engage the brain to say, Hmm, I maybe I need to call my mom today or call my dad today because I'm at this party and something isn't going on so well. So our brain can talk us out of it, but our heart will tell us there's something wrong. The fourth part of the survival kit is preventing power struggles. Now, that may sound like it's not possible, but it absolutely is. If you incorporate what your parenting style is and you discover which one works with each particular child that you have, and that's teenagers or not, little kids as well, then you understand what they can and cannot do based on their development in their brains. And then you create a communication dream that allows for a two-way street, so they're able to talk with you, you're able to listen, power struggles become less and less. And one of the things I offer to parents is to think about it. When you're asking your teen to do something from your perspective, there's three questions to ask. Does it have to be done now? Does it have to be done this way? And does it have to be done at all.
2: (laughs) And if the answer to any of those questions is no? Then you might want to
3: reconsider whether you want to have that battle with your teen.
2: Got it. You've mentioned parenting styles a couple of times. Uh, Can you tell me a little more about what you mean by that?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um... I've identified four through the training that I've had and just the ones that are out there, and some of them may sound familiar to your audience, and that is... The helicopter parent, (laughs) the one who is just hovering over their child, doing things for them. You forgot your homework, okay, I'll come and bring it for you. Or, oh my, you don't know how to make your lunch, I'll make it for you. And what that does for our developing teens is it shuts down their ability to do for themselves. And over time, it becomes not a great skill for them to carry forward in adulthood because they haven't really practiced in your care, in your home, how to make decisions for themselves, how to be responsible. Another style is the dictator style, the uh, if you do it my way or the highway. Now, what I offer for parents is each one of these styles that I'm describing, they have the good, the bad, and the ugly. To all of them. So it's not that you don't want to use the helicopter style or the dictator style. It's when you use it too much or for a child that doesn't benefit from that style. That's where you fall into sort of the bad and the ugly of that parenting style. Then there's the the lackadaisical or the doormat or I just want to be your friend parent that doesn't give enough boundaries for teenagers to know that they're safe and loved and well cared for and often that type of parenting comes out of guilt maybe you're not there a lot i know i displayed that (laughs) parenting style when i went through my divorce because i felt like oh my goodness i have to be the opposite of my former husband because he was very dictatorial with his parenting style so i thought i have to give my kids a little bit leniency It, it didn't work and so i discovered that there's a balance between all of them and ultimately you want to move yourself into the active and involved and aware parent the one that kind of knows which each child needs on any particular day and then you kind of whip out the parenting style that fits that one
2: <laughs> can you give me an example of when the dictator style would be appropriate oh helpful?
3: absolutely
2: Absolutely.
3: I have um, a teenage daughter who's in high school and she, I'm so proud of her, has received a scholarship to a college to play softball. Um, And so she's got a lot of things on her plate. She's on the softball team at high school. She's getting ready for college. She's got classes she has to pay attention to. And some of her assignments aren't getting done all the time or turned in. So I pull out that dictator and say, okay, every day after school, without question, we're going to go over your homework and go over what you have to do to make sure that you're on track. And what I do with that is that I'm aware as to when she's actually come back online. In other words, she's now being responsible for herself, so I don't have to stay in there as a dictator for the rest of her school year. It really only took about two weeks.
2: I see. And how did you manage to do that without having it trigger a power struggle? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 was a, it was an awareness that she had that she knew I was helping So I wasn't trying to offer her something and dictating to her something that wasn't going to benefit her, number one. And number two, for the parents out there, this is not like a magic wand that all of a sudden your teen is going to not have a power struggle. For my daughter and I, it took about five years of every day working to find and discover which parenting style was the best one for her today, having her understand that she could trust me that I I had her best interest at heart. Me, personally, taking care of myself as a parent, that's huge. So I would not come and uh, interact with her when I'm angry, when I'm sad, when I'm tired. I would give myself my own little time out so I can come to her healthy and ready to really be a strong parent.
2: That's really important. That's A lot of parents don't recognize how important that is.
3: It, I know. And that's what—that's how I begin with the parenting styles. Parenting your teen to succeed starts not with your teenager. It starts with you. And I use the wonderful, wonderful phrase that the airlines have. Put your own oxygen mask on first before you attempt to help your children. Because if you're not in a peaceful, less stressed, knowing way within yourself, it's very hard to deliver what's best for your child.
2: Got it. Okay, in a moment we're going to take a short break. I do want to let the audience know that when we come back we will be talking about helping your children through the time of divorce and afterwards. We will talk also about your No Judgment, Just Love Global program and possibly your destination retreats.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash
1: Voice America.
0: Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively. In a private, confidential setting, we help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit Group.com. Colin has one L and no S.
4: Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just
2: $4.99. No one can tell you how much money you'll have or when you'll see your children, right? Wrong. It happens every day in divorce court. Don't let it happen to you. When dealing with separation, divorce, co-parenting, or care of an elderly relative, there is a better way. Mediation. Save time, save money, and save your children. To learn more, visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at apfmnet.org. That's apfmnet.org.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Radio Show at Colin Family Mediation Now, back to Family Matters.
2: Welcome back to Family Matters. I'm your host, Virginia Collin. Today I'm talking with Sharon Rhea, who is an expert on parenting. One of her areas of expertise is in helping parents to help their children through divorce. And you have personal experience with this, Sharon. Tell us a little about that.
3: Oh, yes, I do, Virginia. (sighs) My former husband and I were married for 21 years, which is a really long time. And we together had two beautiful children. However, he is a lawyer and I am not and the way we communicate and the way we actually view the world was always opposite and opposites attract in the beginning and that's wonderful but as we moved forward up into our 20 odd years it became more and more difficult for us to be compatible and to really work together we just we just wanted different things so i chose to redesign our family And that looked like a divorce, and I have to share with your audience it was awful (laughs) at the beginning. Oh my goodness! So much anger, so much resentment, so much so many challenges. It was was seriously frustrating. And because it was so difficult for me, and my personality is I I just don't like strife and, and conflict. I decided to choose three words that would guide my every action and my decisions going forward. And I coupled that with what was my goal for this. And my goal was to find my own life, number one, but also to be able to remain as a family caring for our kids and respecting each other as we moved forward. So my three words were peace, love, and calm, because I didn't have any of those in my life. (laughs) And so anytime we went to court and there was a battle, I would choose those words to say, okay, if I make this decision, is it going to result in peace, love, or calm for not only me, for our family? And I found that as a huge benefit in making my decisions.
2: How is peace different from calm in guiding your decisions?
3: Peace is internal for me. I, don't, I did not at the time have a, you know how there's a 50-yard line on a football field? I was either banging my head at one end of the goal, banging my head at the other. And I really wanted the peace of balance inside my own psyche, inside my own self. The calm was what I wanted externally in our family because it wasn't there at all. And so being able to have our children uh, feel like they were not in a tornado all the time. The calm was external and the peace Mm -hmm. was internal.
2: I see. How old were the kids at the time? Uh, My younger daughter, our younger
3: daughter, you see I changed my words. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> our younger daughter was uh, 9 and our older daughter was 15.
2: Okay. And how from the time you decided and announced that you're on the way to divorce to the time when you actually divorced, how many months or years went by? Um two.
3: Because it was a, it was a challenge, you know, when I chose to do that because it was right around the fall break for our kids. And so there was the discussion, well, do we do it before the break? Do we do it after the break? And I just became confident that after 21 years, we just needed to make this, our children aware. And once that started, things just, they just got worse, Virginia. They got, very frustrating. They got very difficult. The courts made some, it, to me, which were incredible decisions that just didn't suit our family. For instance, um, the court ordered us to stay in the same home for uh, nine or 10 months, even though we knew we were getting divorced and they knew there was a lot of toxicity in our home. And I just didn't understand that decision, decision at all. And as a matter of fact, the book that I've written, The Children and Divorce Parenting Tips, my our older daughter wrote the foreword from her perspective as a 15-year-old. And our younger daughter did all the artwork for the book. And in that, she talks about how difficult it was to be able to have to remain in that environment without any relief.
2: And this was during a time when you and your Then husband were both very angry at each other?
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that does sound like a very strange ruling for a court to make. Yes. Did you have the opportunity to work with a family mediator? Um, we, we did all of the things. <laughs> we had litigation,
3: we had family mediation, we had, uh, the other one is not coming to me at the moment. Um, arbitration? Arbitration, we had that as well. Um, My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long and arduous road, but I bless it. I blessed every moment of it because in it, I was discovering not only who I was, But I was also discovering where the pain points were for each one of our family members. And that's such valuable information as I am now a life and parenting coach to share with other parents is that sometimes in the most difficult time, if you can turn it to a way to find that silver lining, there absolutely is one. And so... At the time when the courts ordered us to stay, as you can imagine, I was breaking chairs and yelling and screaming, what the heck is going (laughs) on? But at the end of those nine months, I was able to discover for myself, my own personal self, what the silver lining of that very difficult time was. And what it was for me was that throughout our life as parents, My my former husband was a lawyer and was out of the house a lot of the time. And so I was the ever-present parent. And because we were forced to stay there and I was in my little angry space, our daughters got to really discover who I was and who he was independent of each other because we didn't really talk to each other very much. And Mm -hmm. that turned out to be valuable information for them.
2: Okay. That's um, impressive that you could find something good that came out of that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it has been very useful
3: to your daughters. Yes, and that's what I offer a lot to parents is uh, there are two sides, three sides, sometimes four or five to each situation. And if you only see it from one vantage point, it makes it challenging to move forward, to forgive, to recover, to find your joy and happiness again. And so if you can, for your own personal self, discover your possible silver lining, it'll give you new information.
2: All right. Well, you have written a book, Children and Divorce, Parenting Tips to Help Your Family Cope and Adjust. Can you share a couple of those tips?
3: From the book? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that I talk about, it's a mini book, this book, and it is only about 60 pages. It's small, it's pocket size, and it really talks about what in different age ranges, so preschool and teenagers and middle school and even adult children of divorce, what kind of behaviors you might see and then what you can do as a parent to help them cope and adjust. And so for the little ones, sometimes when the divorce is happening and their world is interrupted, they kind of cling to one parent and go to the other parent without you seeming to know why. And that fractures sometimes the parent's sensibility. Why is my kid not loving me? Why do they love that other parent that I'm fighting with? And therein lies the most beautiful place for you to come and do what the airline says, which is put your oxygen mask on and recognize that your child has two parts of each of your heart. And so because you're not a single unit that's loving and caring, they're trying to discover, oh, goodness, part of my heart is with my dad, so let me hang out there for a little bit. The other part of my heart is with my mom. And often from our little ones, that's not a judgment. That's just a security.
2: I see. And how can parents help kids with that? First of all, uh, know
3: that that is happening for the little ones. Now, the older ones, you know, there's maybe a little bit of a decision on their part as to which parent they want to stay with, but the little ones often just want to be around the parent that creates the nestled, nourished moments for them. So if you're really stressed and angry, your energy may not be as calm and loving for your kids. So again take care of yourself, and recognize that you are valuable in their lives. And when they are with you, be calm, be loving, and be caring.
2: I see. I do want to mention that these books that we're discussing a little bit are available from thewholefamilycoaching.com. I know you also have a strong interest in helping single dads. Can you help? Tell me more about that. Oh, my goodness, yes. My heart is so big
3: for the single fathers that are either stepping up and doing the job of parenting or a lot of the time being disconnected from their children for lots of reasons, either from the the mom not recognizing the value of the dad, the dad not understanding what his role is, and so by through working with my former husband and just trying to discover, because he and I had very different parenting styles. We had very different uh, viewpoints about what was best for our kids. And again, my goal was always peace, love, and calm. So from that vantage point, I was able to see that he's not wrong. <laughs> a lot of the time, he's just different. And that first recognition as a mother towards the ex-husband that he's not wrong which we often do oh you're not doing it right and this is the way you're supposed to allowed me to open the door to see his value to our daughters different than mine which created a respect level and I, I love sharing that with dads because not only do they often not have the knowledge that moms have about their parenting style and what the kid needs and that they have to adjust they don't understand sometimes what their value is because the kids, the society, the mom is not respecting. So I have a program that I've uh, worked out, a workshop called Fathers Know Best. And it, it goes through a lot of the uh, areas that I think dads are becoming wide-eyed about, that their presence is valuable for a lot of reasons for their kids, that they can benefit from spending time discovering who they are, that their communication style might be one that just shuts down their kids, and a tiny, tiny shift can really open up the communication between the father and the child. So I'm on my mission.
2: (laughs) Got it. Yeah, we could possibly mention that when kids Don't have any relationship at all with their dad. They're at high risk for a lot of kinds of problems: teen pregnancy, teen pregnancy, substance abuse, failing in school, a lot of problems. So, dad staying involved is really important, and kids having the opportunity to really to get to know their dads hugely important.
3: Absolutely. Oh, Virginia, I couldn't agree with you more.
2: Hmm. What advice can you give to a dad who feels as if his child is unreachable? The child is angry, taking the mom's side, thinks the dad must be awful because the divorce is all his fault. How do you help them with that?
3: The first thing I do is, is ask them to remain hopeful. Because in hope, you can find ways to, to shift and change. If you have no hope... You stay stuck and think that anything that someone describes about you must be true. And so the second thing I do is is work with the dad and ask them to discover. So really look at what your relationship was with your child when you were in that together family. Were you there? Were there things that you did with your child when they were little or when they were a teenager. What kind of relationship did you have? And discover the places where you absolutely were valuable. And when you have hope and you can understand that you have value, you become less willing to listen to someone telling you an untruth. And we move forward from there.
2: Sounds good. Well... We will be talking after the next break about this global movement that you have started, No Judgment, Just Love. Is there anything else that you want to squeeze in here before the break about helping kids with divorce or helping parents with divorce?
3: Um, I think we're good. I just want to, again, mention that hope because divorce really does hurt in a lot of different ways. But if you can discover... That hope is possible and I am so honored to be able to work with families that are willing to discover that hope. Things can change.
2: Good to know. All right, we're going to go to break now and later we'll be talking about working with teens and about no judgment, just love.
1: Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go. On iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
2: No one can tell you how much money you'll have or when you'll see your children, right? Wrong. It happens every day in divorce court. Don't let it happen to you. When dealing with separation, divorce, co-parenting, or care of an elderly relative, there is a better way. Mediation. Save time, save money, and save your children. To learn more, visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at apfmnet.org. That's apfmnet.org.
0: Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit com. Colin has one L and no S.
4: Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at one 866 472 That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Radio Show at Colin Family Mediation Now, back to Family Matters.
2: Welcome back to Family Matters. I'm your host, Virginia Colin. Today, I'm talking with parenting expert Sharon Ria, whose website is The Whole Family now, Sharon, I know that you work not only with moms and with dads, but also directly with teens, which I think is a little bit unusual. Tell me what that's like.
3: Oh, the joy of that is just beyond what I can describe. <laughs> because I've worked, I work a lot with the teen boys as well as teen girls. And what happens to a lot of our teenagers is that because they're trying to discover who they are, they don't always walk the straight line that we parents would like them to walk. They don't always make the decisions we'd like them to make. And then we have a lot of judgment behind that, and we start to parent from that judgment. And what I offer for teenagers, and not only for them, but I've done this with my own, is that I create this non-judgmental. You're absolutely okay right where you are, and I will listen, even if you're telling me something that hurts my ears. I will listen to you. And that's really challenging for us as parents to actually listen to our teens so the first thing I discover when a teenager comes to me, Virginia, is that they come in, and their head is down, and they have their arms crossed, and they sit on my sofa, and they just kind of uh, purge their lips, and they don't talk.
2: Right, and you're an adult. You couldn't possibly have anything useful to say.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I start out by sharing with them who I am. I'm not here to diagnose you. I'm not here as your teacher. I'm not here as your parent. I'm not here as your friendly friend, but I'm here as an adult that cares. And from that place, what would you like to share with me? And I often ask them, what one thing in your life, it w- w- if it were different, would cause you to have the most excellent time? And that's a question that they don't usually really think about and it opens up a conversation and then when they see I'm not telling them they shouldn't do that or, or I help them discover where their gifts are, I engage their brains so I ask their opinion and I actually listen to it and validate the ones that I, I believe for them will help them move forward. And by the end of the session, they're like hanging out with their arms open
2: and just
3: chatting away. <laughs> I usually get hugs or big handshakes at the end. It is a wonderful feeling.
2: That's great. That's great. Getting that, yeah, the body language really tells you with the teenager, you know, when you're making, when you're getting through. You know when they're open and when they're not.
3: Exactly, Virginia. You're so right.
2: All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Your global mission. I don't know an awful lot of people who have started global movements and you have one called No Judgment, Just Love. It has its own website, right? No Judgment, Just dot com? Exactly. Okay. Um, so tell me about this movement.
3: Okay. Well, you know, it started from my coaching business. I've been in business over four years and, you know, when I first started advisors would say, well, you need a slogan, you need a tagline, like, and it can't be long, it's got to be short, it's got to describe what you do, and I said, okay, well, like I said, I want people to feel confident that they can share their joys and their challenges, so from that place, there's no judgment from me, and I am oozing love, I just love people, I love people. And so I created that tag of no judgment, just love. Uh, last year here in Arizona, there was a, a time when the legislature, and I've also been a lobbyist in New York, so that was one of my other desires was politics. I really enjoyed the discussion and the deliberation and the conversation about, around political events. But here in Arizona, we had uh, a challenging law that uh, people felt as gays and were being discriminated against from businesses. And there was a very, very difficult conversation going on here in our state. And at that time, I also wanted to be able to deliver a tangible item to my clients and to people around in the form of a charm or some kind of talisman that kind of had that message of no judgment, just love. So from that event... It just happened very effortlessly that I found a jeweler, I created the uh, design, and into the world last April came a charm of no judgment, just love, with the big green heart uh, in pewter, which the charm is in now, on it. And what that heart does for me is it's open. There's nothing in it that causes anybody to feel uncomfortable. And the surprise I got, Virginia, was that it was so well-received that the charms were flying off the shelves. People were discovering not only through the political arena where there is a lot of judgment and difficulty, but, you know, I'm a sister, and I was just judged often by the cousins in my life, or I'm a single father, and no one really gets me, or I'm driving in the car, and I would really like to tell that person in front of me (laughs) They can go and how they can get there, but everybody has a story. And so my global mission is to bring that message to every place on our planet, is that each one of us, in our own right, deserves to be loved. And each one of us is on our own personal journey. And so from that, we may do things that to you look like, what in the world are you doing But if we can give people the breath to be who they are, what a wonderful world that would be. And the way I do that is to view everyone through the eyes of love. Because when you do that, there is an allowance. There are no conditions for anyone to be exactly who they are. Now, you don't have to agree with everything they do. They don't even have to be in your space but you allow them to be who they are.
2: That sounds as if it could be very powerful. I'm imagining a a room full of people wearing these charms and, and then dealing with the topics that they used to fight about all the time, and now they're approaching it from a different kind of awareness. Absolutely.
3: You know, some of the things on my website as well as on my Facebook page for No Judgment, Just Love, I offer some different ways to think about things and to really challenge people <laughs> uh, to see each other and themselves. Oh, my goodness, Virginia, sometimes in my day I I can't believe what I'm saying about myself inside my head. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> than to give myself that own gift of no judgment for me. And no judgment doesn't mean we're not discerning, we're not comparing, because that's how humans, as we live, we live by comparison. You're short, I'm tall, you're over there, I'm over here. It's that when you take that comparison and you attach a judgment that is negative towards it, and then your actions follow that negative judgment, just like what I read today with the young woman who's 20 years old, uh, Japanese black, um, Japanese and black, who won the Miss Universe mm-hmm. um, contest. And people are questioning whether or not she's Japanese just because she looks black. Now, first of all, why does that matter? <laughs> Is where I want to move our society, our humanity to. She's a lovely young woman. She has done the thing that she needed to do to achieve that, that prize. Seven people that were Japanese voted for her. And so somewhere they saw beyond what many people are stuck in. And you're right. Thank you for that beautiful vision of a room full of people wearing the charm, holding it close to their heart, and discovering how the gift of love the gift of non-judgment creates peace on earth
2: yeah that's an interesting example i'm a lover of stories can you tell me about one or two times when you've introduced this concept to someone and they got it and it and it made a, a specific difference in their lives yes
3: i can a friend of mine uh, is an editor, and she has a niece who has a physical challenge. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but she is judged often. And part of her physical challenge is that she isn't able to verbally express herself. And so my friend purchased a charm for her and hadn't seen her in probably about two or three months. And when her niece came to her home without being able to speak, what she did was she grabbed the charm, held it up in front of my friend's face, and started crying. And whatever way she describes her communication style, my friend understood that that charm has now been her champion, her solid ground. And her savior, because
2: she no longer
3: judges herself as other people do.
2: Interesting. So she's able to use it as a way to communicate to other people the attitude that she would like them to have. And she's also able to use it internally.
3: Yes.
2: How powerful. That's That's great. So powerful. That's great. You got another story?
3: I actually do, with a father. Okay. Um this, this wonderful man who has raised so many children throughout his life, he's in his mid-40s, um, has some kids in, in their 20s, he remarried, and then it was, uh, got, a, got separated. And for whatever the story is, he's now separated from his youngest child. And when I shared with him the story about my wanting to bring more peace in the world, he just, I have to have it. <laughs> Before I could finish <laughs> my sentence, it was like, I have to have it. Now, this is a charm on a, I, do, I give when, I, when people purchase the charm, they get a free ball chain necklace. And I was kind of concerned whether men would want to, you know, purchase something that had a chain on it. And he says, I am wearing this proudly. Because just as you mentioned, even though I'm not with her, I know that there's hope. And that's what this message brings for me.
2: Sounds really good. And you can remove the
3: chain. You can hang it from your car for the guys, you know, hanging it from your rearview mirror. You can put it in your pocket. I have mine on my keychain. And it just, it's, it's, it's got a weight to it so that when you put it in your hand, your finger can rub across the open heart. You can, the letters are raised so you can feel that. So not only is it an emotional sensory when you read the message, but it's tangible for your hands as well.
2: I see. That sounds really well designed. We're getting near the end of the show, and I remember that you started doing destination retreats. Tell me about that. Oh,
3: my goodness, we're
2: so excited.
3: <laughs> my girlfriend owns a nonprofit called Reawaken, which helps women discover who they are, um, whether they've been divorced, whether they've lost a job, whether you're just moving from one decade to the next. And we've combined that with my No Judgment, Just Love message. And our first retreat is going to be in Cabo St. Lucas this year in November Five days and four nights. It's a woman's retreat, so you can grab a girlfriend and go. <laughs> and the names of our retreats are Reawaken to No Judgment, Just Love.
2: And you have your own website for that, Reawaken yes, to No do. Judgment, Just com. That's it. <laughs>
3: And the cool thing is that we're starting with women this year because we have a heart for women, but our goal is to continue this destination retreats for not only women but for families, for parents and teenagers, for single dads, so that each category can come to a wonderful place and all of our retreats will be all-inclusive so you can reawaken to your new life with no judgment, just love.
2: Sounds good. We have time for one or two more stories. Would you like to fit another one in? (laughs) Let's see. (laughs) Um, Well,
3: one of the things I do with No Judgment, Just Love is mental gymnastics. So a lot of times I am a human person, darn it. (laughs) And I just have judgment about this person doing whatever they're doing. And it really helps me when I use my mental gymnastics because, first of all, I don't want to tell myself anything that isn't true for me. So I'm not just going to gloss over it and say, ah, it's okay what they're doing. Um, I really do flips and tumbles to get to that place of I can allow you your space to discover who you are at the same time I don't have to be in it, but I don't have to send you negative thoughts. I don't have to have my energy and my actions come at you in an argumentative or a yelling or, or a rejection kind of way. I just kind of bless you and allow you to be.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Sounds good. <laughs> I have <laughs> enough managing my own life. I don't need to manage everyone else's.
2: <laughs> hey. Um, I've mentioned a couple of the books that are available through your website. Is there anything you want to add about those? Oh, yes. I'm writing a new one now, which is so exciting. It's
3: a, a, a compilation of the survival kit. But, Virginia, the cool thing about this book is that it is an activity and inspiration book for parents of preteens and teens. So I'm not sure if you remember or you had when your kids were little those activity books that you'd go on a long trip and they can do puzzles and word searches and color. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what I'm writing for parents of teens. Very short stories, activities to do to discover those little tools that are going to help you enjoy the teen years.
2: Okay, it's time for last thoughts. What are maybe the three most important things that you would like listeners to get from this show to remember?
3: To remember. The first thing is positive family relationships begin with you. So parents, our kids are watching us, and they're modeling our behavior. So it's a good thing to take care of yourself so that you can be a good model for your kids. The second thing is communication is the key because if we can't talk to our kids or they're not listening to us, it's very hard for us to help them. And then the last and for me one of the most important is no judgment, just love for yourself, your family, and our humanity.
2: Got it. Well, I want to say thank you again to Sharon Rhea. You can find her online at NoJudgmentJustLove.com and also at TheWholeFamilyCoaching.com. Thanks. Thank you, Virginia, very much.
1: Thank you for joining us this week on Family Matters. Please tune in for another edition featuring host Dr. Virginia Collin next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be kind, heal, and grow.